last season so uh it's been a really long time but uh i couldn't be happier to be joined by these two guys one of them timmy kent he's going to be uh the co-host today uh along with me uh timmy's a competitor hard worker great attitude great friend and a great player um but uh let's get to the guy that we're all here for zach solo i'm uh, really lucky to call this guy my friend he's an og junior blade he's a vietnam veteran He's a USHL player of the year, three-time Beanpot champ, Beanpot MVP, Kelly Cup champion, and a new dad to beautiful Collins K. Zach T. Solo, baby. What's up? Uh, what's up, Blatch? Holy smokes. I haven't read one of those uh, in a while. They really get me nervous. That was a sick intro. Now I'm nervous. Yeah, it's a lot of accolades, Blatch. Me and you got to try to catch up over the years here. Dude, actually, Zach, I've done a ton of these. I've looked at a ton of EPs, and yours by far has the most, like, little trophies on the bottom. <laughs> Did you see that, CK? Did you see that? Yeah, dude, you, you showed it to me. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> it's nuts, man. It's nuts. This guy's a winner. But, uh, Zach, talk to me a little bit. Like, you're back in Milwaukee right now. Um, you're a Kelly Cup champion. Um, yeah, talk, talk yeah. to me. How are you, feeling? you know, it's summer started now. It was, uh, it was a wild year, you know, um, started out the year here in Milwaukee and, uh, wasn't playing very much. And, um, I was just, uh, you know, trying to find my way my first year pro. Um, it's hard, you know, how you, you know how it is first year anywhere is hard. Uh, you're learning a ton of new stuff. And then along with it, my, uh, my wife says she was pregnant with baby Collins. So I had that uh, on top of not playing and um, managing that. And then, uh, you know, in March I was sent to Florida and um, I hadn't played really all year. And so I was just super excited to just get some, just get some game action and, you know, just maybe touch a puck and make a play, help score a goal. And uh, went down and joined the boys in Florida. And you played there, so you know how great those guys are and how fun it is to play uh, with them. And uh, we joined the team, and they're the, they're the South Division champions. Um, I think they lost, like, maybe five games in the last three months of the season, like, just on an absolute tear. And I joined them. And then we uh, went for a playoff run, and I think we lost we lost four games um, in the entire playoffs. So as stressful as we think it maybe was, we were never really in a stressful situation and uh, ended up Kelly Cup champs, which is something I'll never, ever forget. And uh, with that group of guys, it just – it was so cool to win with them because they're absolute beauties and great dudes and great hockey players. And it was also in uh, my hometown where you and I and Timmy Kent all, bro all grew up playing against each other, with each other at uh, Hertz Arena. So that was the year. Yeah, dude, you honestly can't even make this up. Like for me, um, I was listening to that podcast you did uh, with Milwaukee. And um, something I found uh, kind of funny is how he uh, – he was like, something you do really well is, you know, you always have a positive attitude, uh, whether you're in or out, and uh, you do really well at controlling the controllables. And I found it funny because it's something that you actually, like, really work on and practice day in and day out. And you do that stuff consciously. It's not just something that happens because that stuff doesn't, like, just happen for anyone. Um, having a good attitude in tough times is really hard. And I find that because you're so mentally tough and you've uh, you've you've been through the through the ringer many times at all levels. Um, I always say you've always been doubted and you've always uh, proved those people wrong that doubted you. But um, for me, it's like 
it's really cool because I know you really well and I know that you really work on those things and you do these things consciously. And it, it was it was cool to see other people from the outside, um, those people that work with Milwaukee, to notice that and be like, that's Zach Solo, because it may it may I'm sure you're proud that they said that and that because I'm sure that's what you want. That's the kind of person you want to be and that's what you're striving for. So I thought it was really cool that they noticed that detail. Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely was. Um, I don't know just, if that was a question. I haven't done this in a while. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, like you're, you're absolutely right. It was like super humbling when they said that because you don't know how you look to the outside. You know, you just try to be yourself every day and fight through all the adversity that's thrown your way and just have a good attitude because I think we talked about it I want to say two summers, maybe three summers ago, um, when we were reading, uh, you sent me that book. Uh, what was it with Wally Hogan? Um, relentless, uh, relentless optimism. I'm looking at it and he just talks about being consciously aware. And that was one thing that we both put a focus on emphasis on being consciously aware, not about, you know, your X's and O's, your work ethic, but just about all that stuff. Um, the mental side of it, because, Every person will tell you hockey is 90% mental, 80% mental, whatever it is. The majority is mental. And it's in those situations when your mental capacity, your mental toughness is really challenged and tested. That Well, that's when your true character, like, comes to shine, you know, because at the end of the day, as hockey players, like, we all want to play. We all want to play. We all want to play big minutes. We all want to be the guy and all that. So everybody knows when you're not in or – when you're not playing much, like everybody knows that you want more, but seeing the way that you respond to it, um, like when you do it the right way, like everybody respects that. And I, I know that's something that me and you talked about a lot. So it was really cool for me to hear this guy like, notice that. Yeah. Yeah. You know that was saying? the voice of the admirals. And then Charlie uh, is the coordinator. Um, those two guys are the front office of the uh, admirals, great dudes. And, just seen them around the rink all the time. They travel with the team and uh, just talk to them at team meal. And um, I was with them for six months and a lot of scratch skates. So we're, we're eating at the same time, you know, when the rest of the team's doing their pregame nap, we're all yeah. we're, we're together get, getting the leftovers. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I mean, TK, you got something? Yeah, dude. Uh, so I was listening to that podcast, like with the Milwaukee guys. And like, one thing I like took from that, like for myself and also just like wanted to ask you about is you talked about a lot, like stacking good days when you're in a position like that and kind of just like fighting for your spot in the lineup. And I'm just curious, like when you talk about stacking good days and then you go down to the Everblades, like, I'm sure like that's still the, the mindset, like stacking good days. And also in the back of your head, are you like, you know, you got a little bit more fire and like going down there, you're like starting a goal set about like what you want this to look like a little bit, like, or like what's kind of your headspace like when you're going down there after, you know, being with the admirables for a good portion of the season. Yeah, that dude, that that's great. Cause like I'm sitting here in Milwaukee, stack good days. All right. Like it's, it's going to work out, you know, like I'll, I'll get a chance here. And if I don't get a chance here, I'll get a chance in Florida. And um, I'm just in great shape because I used to be the guy at Northeastern, you know, play a ton of minutes. And then next season you don't play. And so you still think you're the guy. And so when I was sent to Florida and I'm like, I finally get to play. I have I, now I get to prove to everyone in the pro hockey world that I can be the guy like I can play. So now it's like all the last six months of training that I was doing, the scratch skates, the conditioning, the lifts, like now I get to show everyone that I'm going to go out there. I'm going to hold on to the puck. I'm going to score. We're going to win games and I'm going to show everybody that I can play and I can play at the next level. And um, I remember my first game, I, I was nervous. I was nervous to uh, play for the blades in my first game there just because it's been, you know, so long and, I just wanted to do so well. Like I, I just wanted to do so well just to show everyone that I'm, I'm a good player and everybody from the outside just sees like, Oh, Zach signed first year pro and he, he's getting scratched. Like, Oh, he should have went back to college. Like he wasn't ready for pro. They don't think he can play in pro. And you know, I, you know how it is boys. We're just using it as fuel to the fire. Like, let's go. Like, we're going to yeah. prove. Dude. So, uh, 
Dude, I love that you said that, man. So like question, like when you're like getting ready for these games, right. And you just get back down there. Like I know like from personal experience and like, I'm curious to like hear your take on it. Like sometimes when you like build up a lot of fire, you know, like before a game or like, you know, say like you get scratched or something or something happens and you just have like a lot of fire, like, like sometimes for me personally, like it'll maybe like, I'll be so amped up for a game and like, so like my expectations are high and what I'm trying to do, it'll almost like take me out of like the flow state of like taking it a play at a time. Like, what is it for you? And like, how do you use it? Like, does it affect you? Like if you're playing with like at too high of an intensity level, like maybe a lot of it's like in your head, but like, you know, I know like just speaking from a personal perspective, like when like that fire count gets high and you're trying to like use it to your advantage, but also like maybe sometimes like, I know personally, like maybe I'll amp myself up a little much for like a game, you know, like, what is it for you? Like, do you try to stay loose? Like, or like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. So like, I, I'm a big sewer player. I I love sewer. I'm trying to keep it loose before games. Um, I I am getting fired up like throughout the game. I'm getting in sewer. If I get out, I'm getting a little fired up, you know, like I'm already starting to like get that edge, get that competitive edge going. And um, another thing that uh, I found is like the most important for me is breathing, just, just being able to breathe. So um, in warmups, I'm getting fired up. I'm on the ice, I'm getting loose, getting ready to go. Um, do a couple over speeds and warmups. I get into the locker room uh, before the game. I lay down in the I forgot what the posture is called. Blatch, what's the posture called at the end of yoga class? Uh, um, oh my goodness, how am I forgetting this? What? You're just laying down, Shavasana, I think. Yeah, that is Shavasana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it that? Yeah, you're right. When you're laying down for like a minute and you're cooling down and you're just breathing. And so I do that because I, I'm a big yoga guy in the summer. Anyways, I do that before, after warm-ups, before the first period to just let the blood flow through my body and try to find that Zen state uh, of mind through focused nasal breathing and, um, I take a lot of caffeine like most athletes uh, before games. So that also uh, eases the jitters a bit. Nice. That's actually unreal that you do that right before the game. Like I do that like hotel room or if we're at home in my, in my house before I leave, but right before the game, like that, that would be almost impossible for me. I think just because of like how fired up I am, like, right before the game and I'm already chirping and warm-ups and stuff and like for me to lay down for a minute would be crazy I don't know if I could do it but I should definitely try it like definitely like I obviously see the benefits for sure I mean look at you uh 18 points in 19 games uh in the playoffs like I found I find Z that you and Timmy have something in common and what makes you a really good hockey player is that you're such a competitor you're such a competitor, like in everything, in the way you think, uh, the way you think people are thinking, just just the, everything about you. You're just a, an absolute competitor. And I find that uh, guys like you guys really understand the the pressure is a privilege, like in big moments. I don't know what just happened to the camera, but in big moments, you guys really step up. And Z, you showed that for sure this playoffs, but you really have your whole career. So can you talk about like that competitive edge? I find you you've always had it. And when you were younger, it probably pissed people off even more than it does now, because when you were younger, you were just this little chubby kid and people would just look at you and laugh. And then you'd have four goals that game against them. Um, but just like talk about just like where you got that compete. Like, obviously, a lot of it is natural, but some of it has to be from you feeling these all these people doubting you because they for sure a lot of people have I've seen it in throughout your career but a lot of it must be you feel that and you want to prove them wrong no oh I'll do yeah a hundred percent um so you asked where I got that competitive edge competitive edge from you've met Ken Solo that guy he's the most competitive guy in the world um but uh I'm the youngest I got I got three older siblings and we're all athletic so the, the closest to me is five years older than me. Everybody, everybody else is older. So we're playing games as kids and I hate losing. You hate losing. Everybody hates losing. If you like losing, you got something wrong. 
Yeah, I agree. But uh, so, you know, it's just competitive householding. I don't care if it's Monopoly, Checkers, or Kelly Cup game four of the finals. You know what I mean? Like, I want to win and I'll do anything I can to win. I'll flip the checkers board before you win just so I can't see so nobody wins. You know? Oh, I know. I know. I know. That's what you and TK have in, in common. Like you guys will knock the net off and say the net was off. Like that's the kind of guys you guys are anything to win, but that's why you guys win. You know what I mean? That's why you guys are winners. But um, Z, I just want to talk a little bit about like you having a, having a baby this season because you're a young kid, like, you're 98, just like me. Um, you're the kind of guy, though, I got to say, that makes me want to have a baby. Because ever since you did have a baby, you look just super locked in. Uh, talk a little bit about your your whole experience, like, going through that uh, during the pro year, but also just, like, going through that is, as a whole it, in itself is a, big, uh, is a big thing. Yeah, dude, yeah, it is. Um, first of all, Sid is amazing she has done so much this entire season like I'm, I'm gone on the road for a week like she's stuck at home with Collins Collins gets sick now Sid's up every two hours I just she's an absolute warrior and I'm the luckiest guy in the world to have her because I, I agree know, with you I agree with you I love I don't, I don't know how else other people could freaking basically raise a baby by themselves a newborn and uh, she, she's done it. So that's another huge part of my success because no one, I don't have anything to worry about at home because she's, you know, taking care of it. Um, but when I first found out that we were having Collins, I was really nervous because I'm like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm 22 years old, turning 23 and I'm going to have a, a baby. Okay. Um, Jeez. well, if it's a boy, then I get to bring him to the rink when he's like five years old and hang out with the guys and play with the guys. And then we found out it's a girl. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to bring her to the rink to hang out. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. But, like, when she was born, I was, we were still in Milwaukee, and I wasn't playing. I would go to the rink in the mornings for practice, and, like, I would just be thinking, like, Oh, I get to go home and play with the baby after this. Like I'm getting my work in. I love my job. I got the best job ever. I'm getting my work in and then I get to go home and play with, play with baby Collins and hang out with Sid. And like, it's a, it's a fresh human. Like she's unbiased. So she has to like me. She's, <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, um, it's just the coolest thing. Cause I always got something to look forward to when I'm hanging out with them all day. I'm like, oh, I get to go to the rink and, and play hockey in the morning. And the days fly by like that. Like I hear a lot of guys go back and, you know, they'll jump on the jump on the sticks, play, you know, Fortnite or Call of Duty or whatever, and, you know, kill time that way. But I just I feel so productive with uh, little Collins and taking care of her and help raising her. And uh, then when I get to the rink, I feel, you know, even more productive because I'm playing a game that I love and I'm getting paid to do it. So it's like. I'm, I'm just getting it from both ways. You You're know? winning. I'm winning. I'm winning. Winning all around. Um, did it make it tougher a bit uh, when you got sent down, like knowing that like you have a daughter now? Did you, did that maybe make it like a little bit tougher for you? Uh, it just in terms of like being away from them for a little bit, but like, as in on the ice, like, I'm just like, you, you look at the other team and you're like, I have a kid, like, that guy over there, he doesn't want it as bad as I do. I want my daughter to live a great life, not an average life. Like, I'm going to do whatever it takes tonight to win the game. And that's – she's an X factor. Yeah, like an, it adds that extra fire. Yeah, it does. That's unreal. That's unreal. Timmy, you got something? Or? Yeah, I was uh, – well, I mean, I had a couple questions. But, uh, I mean, one thing I wanted to bring up was uh, – Dude, it was probably like, what am I, 22? So you're 23 or 24 now. So this is probably like when I was like 12 and you were 13. But it was like a tournament at Incredible back in the day. And uh, like I remember seeing you play on the mezzanine rink. And I think I was playing for like the Breakers at the time. It was like when me, Randy Hernandez, a couple other guys decided to like all play double A that year because the alliance was too expensive. And 
I remember seeing you in a tournament at the mezzanine rink and I remember seeing you and I like knew who you were, but I had never seen you play in person before. And I was like seeing this smaller, like stocky guy that was like just hunting pucks, like kind of relentless, like, and I just remember like seeing it, like not trying to suck you off or anything, but I just remember seeing you and kind of being like, I kind of want to like have that like fire and, like instinct and like you were kind of batting pucks out of the air, like turning, looking to make every play. And I just remember that in my head. Cause it was like a, like a moment for me that I remembered like, okay, that's like gotta be the next step for me. Like a little more jump, like a little more intensity, like try to like follow the puck, like try to be like that, have some hunt, you know what I mean? And so I just wanted to bring that up. Cause I remember that moment. And I remember we saw each other when you swept me, when you came to the SoFlo league, uh, I didn't bring it up to you then because I was pretty pissed after getting swept. But like, <laughs> I remember that vividly in my head. Cause it was like, you know, like you have moments along the way that like, you remember that kind of like, you know, let you take the next step, whether it was like you realizing something in your own game or seeing something in someone else's that you wanted to get in. And I was literally watching that game, like playing double a at the time. And you were like playing at a higher level, like, and I was just kind of like, all right, like, I got to work a little bit more of that like intensity and fire and just like every single shift mentality, like into my own, like kind of like bag here and like headspace, you know what I mean? And so I just wanted to bring that up. Cause like, I remember it vividly as it like being a moment in time for me where I like trying to grow, you know? Oh yeah, dude. So many tournaments over there and incredible against, against everybody, the Panthers, the breakers, man, the golden wolves, those are the good days. You're just trying to win Sehoff. <laughs> Dude, yeah, just trying to win Sehoff. Like, but you went up north, like, at an early age, like, up to St. Louis to play, right? Like, you were probably – I just wanted – I was wondering, like, you know, like, down in Florida, like, we, guys like us were able to, like, get a lot of confidence, you know, like, playing, you know, like, against guys down here and kind of, like, being the guys on the teams and getting a lot of those confidence reps, you know, like – was that like good for your development? And was like that like impactful for you? Like, and like, what was your journey? Like, obviously we all know we had to get up North at some point and get better competition and get seen, but like, you know, what was your path down here? And like, you know, how was the comp? And like, was that like beneficial for you? Like, were you thinking like, all right, I'm kind of eating it. Like I'm kind of like taking steps. Like, and what was the step where you're like, I gotta, I gotta take the next one and go up North. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like it was great to play in Florida. Um, well, you know, first of all, it's so expensive to like fly up north, like, and spend, you know, hundreds, thousands of dollars to like, even just go to a tournament, let alone play for another team up north. Like, it's so expensive. So like, we're staying in Florida. I had three older siblings, so it's all expensive. But um, the competition in Florida, it's, there's, there's high end players, and then there's your average players. And then there's um, the kids that just need their late bloomers need a little bit more work that you know couldn't hang with us yeah. and um we uh we had a solid team I was I was a junior Everblade for life I played for the Blades every year growing up until the Everblades and the Panthers created the Alliance and then I did one year with the Alliance and uh, we we had a good year but like we would play in the AAA tournaments where like there'd be a division with like Little Caesars and Honey Bakes and then there'd be like the lower division and that's like what we would be in playing like the base in that lower uh <laughs> yeah you know what i mean like oh we you'd be like we won the nike bauer tournament they're like oh you guys you guys beat team illinois in the finals we're like no we played <laughs> like san jose junior sharks and beat them our <laughs> <laughs> division uh but um i scored that game against the san jose <laughs> just saying keep rolling yeah, yeah and uh so I, so after that year, I was like, it was like, it, it's time to, to move up and play with, you know, play high triple a. And, um, I'd played against St. Louis, uh, in a couple of years, you know, before that. And I just respected the hell out of them and how good they were and all the guys that they had a ton of guys that play pro now. And, um, so I just, I, I actually emailed Jeff Brown myself and was like, Hey, I want to come up and play. And he was like, okay, these are the tryout dates. Like, come on up. And then uh, my parents flew up with me and I ended up making the team. And then I found a billet family and billeted at 13 years old for two years in St. Louis. We flew up together, right? Yeah, we did. Because I, I tried out for St. Louis, right? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Well, you don't 
right? No, 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 no. I remember, but you left me out. You left me out of the story. Did you make it, Blotch? You were a skill guy back then, huh? Yeah, I think I made it, right? Dude, the CTE's bad. I don't know, man. No, it's not. Come on, dude. I don't remember if I made the team because I never ended up playing there. I went to Shattuck that year. Yeah, that's what happened. That's what happened. You you probably made the team, and then you're like, oh, I'm just going to go to Shattuck because that's where all the sick guys go, and I'm going to be the next Zach Freeze. That's that's probably what you were thinking. I was thinking Sidney Crosby. (laughs) Like, I was thinking more Sidney Crosby, honestly close but uh dude you you actually did really well in st louis and you were playing with some big dogs like coming from florida talk about that experience because you got to you were coached by were you coached by brown yeah yeah i was so so you were coached by like a former nhlers you know and you were up there with uh, some big dogs like logan brown was on the team too even so talk about like that experience like you were the guy in florida you always were the guy and even when the junior blades recruited like nasty guys from all over, which I don't even know how that happened. Um, like you, you were always the guy. So talk a little bit about like going to St. Louis and then I don't know if you were the guy, but talk no, about that experience. I, I wasn't the guy in St. Louis, man. They had frick, man, Logan Brown, Trent Frederick, um, Ty Farmer, man. He was the best. He was the best player like ever for 98 he is Uh, still is nasty oh yeah and then like luke martin was there he's sick um and then in between the pipes they got joe wool and tommy napier like two guys that are nhl contracted goalies like pretty pretty stacked team um but like just being around the rink there like their alumni the st louis blues alumni are just so involved with the youth and like like Walt Kachuk was around, Brady was on, he was playing a year up. So Brady was on our team too. And like every practice, man, they're just working like great skills, like just developing the shit out of their kids. Like no wonder St. Louis, you know, they won a cup recently and now all their kids are what five guys drafting the first round. Like they, they're that alumni group is, is tight. That's a, that's a great organization there because it just trickles down right to the youth. How was Brady? How was Brady Kachuk back then when you played with him? He was good. He was he was big, big boy uh, still. I mean, he's much bigger now, but he was still a big boy for being a year younger than everyone. He had like these like bright yellow gloves, <laughs> um, and uh, he's a good player, man. Just super tenacious. Yeah, was he nasty back then? Like, was he mean? Like, ferocious? Even then, like. He, he wasn't mean, like he would battle for pucks, but like he wasn't like bullying guys because like he was a year younger than everyone. He he, he could have, he just didn't know that he could have. And, uh, but he did, he just played with a lot of passion. So, oh, yeah. well, dude, uh, Blash, if you don't mind, I got a question for you about like training wise. Like when you're like, for instance, like this summer, like we could touch on like when you're like, uh, like doing, doing an overshoot like of your year and like, focusing on like points of emphasis like obviously like we're both smaller guys like what are you like like thinking for us terms of like this summer like things that are like point of emphasis for you like work on is it like skating edge work or is it more like you know like shooting the pill like you know focusing on different things like even on the ice too like in terms of like puck possession you know like working like whatever it is cutbacks in your game you know if you're playing a certain power play spot like for this year, like this summer, like what are points of emphasis for you, like in terms of training, like in working stuff in your game or just like developing certain aspects that you can improve on? Like, what is it for you this summer? Where's this guy? You get any of that, Z? You hear any of that? You didn't hear I heard that? Question. Sick question. I heard the whole question. Oh. So answer it. It was the question for you. No, no, see, it was for you. See, it oh, was for you. <laughs> my bad. My wife, I'm, my wife bought these these margarita watermelon cucumbers, and I'm having a couple of them. And I. No, you, I, no, you're good. You're no, training wise, but training wise. Time out, time out. You're a champion, first of all, so don't ever apologize. And second of all, if it looks like I'm not interested, I am. I'm just putting my credit. Oh, I can't show it. I'm just putting my credit card. Um, to upgrade the zoom because we only got six minutes of recording and I'm, I need to extend it. So, so you keep going though. Answer the question. Um, 
man, tra- training wise, I'm just like, for me this summer, I just want to get heavier on the puck. So, I mean, I guess that could be edge work, but like, um, I just notice like if you can hold on to the puck and like kind of skate out of pressure for that initial one, two players are good enough that they're going to get open and then you just got to make a play. So like, I definitely want to get heavier, um, on the puck and I'll be dialing it, dialing it in, in the gym, uh, when I start working out next week and, um, just continue to grow the, the mental side because sometimes I lose my cool as we all do get a little too much caffeine in my system, lose my cool and, um, just learn more techniques that bring me down and keep me in that flow state that you talked about earlier. Cause that's when you're playing your most dangerous hockey is when everything seems to be in slow motion. And, um, lastly, the, I had a, I have a person who's like super intellectual and super spiritual. And, uh, we do a lot of like work, like physical work, like with the body. And she, she was telling me that I need to work on my slow vision. And I'm like, like, how do you work on your slow vision? And she's like, well, when you're focused on the play, you need to be able to snap that photo and shoulder check. She didn't use the word shoulder check, but essentially shoulder check and understand where everyone's moving and their momentum and then be able to focus back on the puck in time to make a play. And she called it slow vision and it makes perfect sense to me. And um, that's, uh, so, I, so I'm going to be working on that this summer because it'd be pretty cool to have some great slow vision. Like, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Though. I feel like Nikita Kucherov has like the best slow vision ever. Yeah, hundred percent. He just like sees guys flying by, you know, they might be taken at one point and then he just like hold dish a sauce to a certain spot and like wait for somebody to get by their check or something like that. And you're right on that though. That's actually like definitely a thing. Like I'm curious who you're working with. Like, is it like a, it doesn't sound like a mental coach sounds like it's like more of like uh like just like an overall, like maybe it is somewhat of a mental coach or. So she's man, I, like, she's a massage therapist, but she's, she's way more than that. Like she has her license to, you know, work on athletes, um, professional athletes. She works on a lot of NFL players, but she also does a lot of, um, studies. Like she actually conducts the studies and she wrote a a huge paper on CTE and, um, she just studies the body. Um, she's a mother of seven. So she's so intellectual, super spiritual. She just, she knows moms know best and mothers of seven, they, they know best, best, you know? So, um, I worked with her this, this past season and that's something she noticed. I'm sure you have like a new respect for that, for parents. Yeah. For any mothers, one, seven, I mean, one is, I have so much respect for you. (laughs) Seven off the charts. Take my money. (laughs) Um, let's talk a little bit about like, you talked a little bit about how you were, you love being the guy, like that's the kind of guy, that's the kind of player you are. And when you, when you played junior at 16 years old, uh, you started in the Nall in Janesville and you were scratched. Uh, oh, you were, how old were you? 15. Oh, you were 15. Okay. You were 15. Um, you were scratched 42 games. I actually didn't know that. I remember that you were that it was a tough time. I do remember that. I didn't know it was 42 games scratched. You played 36 games, had three goals and 10 assists with, I imagine, very limited minutes. Um, talk a little bit, bit about, like, that year because it was your first time going through it. Like, I'm sure now that you're older and you, you focus on these details and um, it's, it's a bit easier for you. But this was like your first experience and you were a kid. Um, I'm sure your emotions were all over the map. And uh, I'm sure your ego maybe got to you or I'm sure you were down a lot more than maybe if it were to happen right now. You know what I mean? So talk a little bit about like your first time 
um, not your first time facing adversity, but your first time facing like big adversity. Yeah. It, yeah, it was, um, it was super hard, you know, like we just talked about how, you know, you're the best player growing up and you're the guy on the team. And then when you're the youngest guy in the league and you join a team of guys who have played three years, two, three years, they're way better hockey players than me. And I'm sitting there saying like, well, I'm, I'm the young one. Like they should be playing me. Like, why aren't they playing me? Like I just had 15 goals in U16 and everybody was saying I should have went back to U16. And now here I am getting scratched. Like, oh, they were right. And it was very similar to this year in college. Oh, I should have stayed in college. And um, I just, I remember I, I, I didn't handle it well at all. I mean, I didn't know how to handle it. You know, like you're getting scratched. I was going to the coach's office all the time. I'm calling my family advisor. I couldn't even call an agent at that point because I, th I thought I would lose my eligibility. Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, I'm like, what's going on here? This guy's not playing me. I haven't played in three weeks. Like, what's going on? And he's like, well, I can get you to Victory Honda U16. And I'm like, ah, oh, I don't know. Like, maybe that's what's best for me because then I'll be able to play and play against kids my age. Then the uh, the older guys on the team just convinced me to stick it out. They just kind of like laid it down for me. Like if you're not playing, then you got to get better in practice. You got to be the hardest worker in practice. They, they they had to spell it out for me. They they told me plenty of times. You know, like when you discipline a, a young guy and so he like learns a lesson. Well, like they disciplined me like four or five times because I just wasn't figuring it out. And then they finally had to spell it out for me. And um, then. I like learned it and I'm like, okay, I understand. Like if you're not playing, like you need to be getting better. You need to stay productive. You can't play the poor me because you're not going to get better that way. And um, so then that summer after I learned that I've kind of, you know, just matured. I kind of digested. I got older and then I went back and I played and then I played my next five seasons. I was playing, never had that problem again. Then I ran into it this year in pro hockey. And as soon as I ran into it, I just knew I'm like, okay, I have all the answers to this. If you're going to scratch me every day, I'm just going to get better every day. I'll be the hardest working guy at practice. You want to put me in the lineup? Great. I'll be ready to play. But if not, I'm going to get 1% better today. I'm going to go in the gym. I'm going to do a little extra and I'm going to stack good days. And that's how it kind of just started. And eventually yeah. work for work out for you and then eventually it did yeah that's unreal like and uh, i love hearing that because the first time anyone goes through that people always give you those cliches like oh you know this is good for you you're learning blah blah blah. at the time though you're like man th there's no way this is good for me you know this sucks and then uh, sure enough like they always end up being right those people like it always ends up being good for you and so I think it was great that you were able to go through that at such a young age. And then, uh, yeah, like the next year you just took off and then got called up to the USHL. And then I want to talk a little bit about this because this is, I guess you'd call it adversity, but you had 69 points in 56 games. It's kind of funny that you stopped at 69, but 69 points in 56 games uh, in the USHL, your draft year, right? That's your draft year. Yeah, um, first First draft year, USA Hockey Junior Player of the Year, USHL Forward of the Year, most points in the USHL, most assists in the USHL. A um, lot of guys in the USHL got drafted that year and you didn't. Um, can you explain to me, like, did you talk to NHL teams did you expect to get drafted or did you expect, like, I actually don't think I'm getting drafted. Like, what was your mentality there? Because, like, this season, like, I'm not a scout, but should get drafted. Right. I, I didn't talk to a single team throughout the year, but – I don't come from a hockey family and I didn't really know that like you're supposed to be talking to NHL teams. So I thought that you were, I thought I was talking with my play on the ice 
and just trying to score every night because it's my, it's my draft year. Like they're watching, they're in the stands. So if I just score every night, like I'll get drafted. Like I deserve this, you know, like, and, um, the whole year me and my line mate Colin Tyson were just rolling, just kept scoring, just having fun with it. Just like in our own little world, just tearing it up, you know, and playing and then the season ends and I'm like, all right, like now the draft is coming up in, you know, a couple weeks, like I'm going to get drafted, like for sure. I, I, I led the league. I went on a, 20 game point streak, like scoring every night. Polo streak. I remember that. <laughs> like I'm, I'm for sure going to get drafted. Like who am I going to get drafted by? My, my parents are like, Oh, like, do you want to fly to Dallas? Like you're going to get drafted probably like you want to go. I'm like, no, like let's not go because I haven't talked to any teams and I'm just starting to realize that like, that's probably not a good sign, but like, there's no way I don't get drafted. Right. Like I led the league. And uh, we're just watching, we're watching, and we're just seeing guys that I played against all year get drafted, and just like wondering what's going on, what do I got to do? And then I'm just sitting there. I just remember like thinking for like weeks after, like how did I, like how, like how did I not get drafted? Like I scored on all the best goalies, I whatever. We were we were one of the best teams in the league. Like this doesn't make sense. I joined the world junior a challenge. I got picked for that. We won gold. Like, like, like what else do I have to do? And then I didn't get drafted. So then I just started, started looking in the mirror and like watching my game and like started noticing things like, Oh, like maybe I'm not the best skater. Like that is an area I need to get better at. Like I look kind of chubby compared to those other guys out there. Like maybe I need to shred, shred a couple pounds. Like, and then I just, Try, started taking ownership in like everything that I was doing. And then that kind of just took off for me in college. Freshman year, had a great year, responded to not getting drafted well. So I'm like, it's my second draft year. Like maybe I'll get drafted this year. Don't get drafted this, th that year. So then like now I'm like, all right, I'm going to be the biggest free agent. 20, 20, 26 points in 38 games as a true freshman. And, and I'm sitting there wondering, what else do I got to do? And so it just started my man on a mission kind of kind of mindset. Like Man on a mission. There's nothing more dangerous than a man on a mission. It's the best quote I've ever heard. So, um, Dude, that's uh, – Timmy, what do you got? Dude, uh, so we're, did you go in like – so you started juniors at 15. So does that mean your first year of college, you were 18 at Northeastern? Yeah, my, I was 15. I was sophomore in high school. Like three oh, years. Shit. Yeah. So like, you don't have hindsight then you're only 15, but like anybody that like knows how juniors works and like knows that you're playing juniors as a 15 year old is thinking like, all right, like this kid has no idea, but like whatever he's about to go through here that young is about to like, if he's good enough to be there then like he's about to take some steps like going through that. But like when you went into Northeastern, like your freshman year, like obviously like sometimes, you know, like coaches have different plans for certain guys, like coming in right away. Like, were you someone that had to earn it or did the coach at Northeastern say like, all right, he had a good year, you know, like maybe we lost a guy or two that did this or that, like he's going to come in and get a chance to like help us win right away. Or was it more of like a, you had to kind of prove it or was it a little bit of both? Like what did it look like for you? Real quick, yeah. before you even before you even answer that question, like answer it right after this. But I actually had it written down that it seems like when you went into Northeastern your freshman year, it was the first time that the coach finally um, validated what you had done prior and gave you a good chance off the bat. Seems like the first time that that happened to you because it seemed like all other times you always had to start over and work your yeah, way. Yeah, it, it was. So I'll answer your question, Timmy. I got opportunity because of the year I had in the USHL. When I came in, I was top six, second line, and then I was on the second power play uh, to start out. And then through just through the, through that opportunity and consistent play, I got, I went from the second power play to the first power play with this first power play. They'd stay out the full two minutes. I think we were, 
best in the country percentage for percentage. I think we were best in the country. Uh, and I was just, I was playing at the top. We did a two, three spread. I was a right shot on my strong side. And all I had to do was pass the puck to Dylan Sakura. And then next thing you know, I had a secondary assist. So like it was, um, it was really nice being on that unit and they gave me that opportunity and I just, I just ran with it. So a two, three spread, is that like a five on the die setup? Like what they call it now? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Gotcha. I yeah. know nothing about power plays. I don't know. Yeah. yeah Blotch is like, are we talking geometry? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> So but, what about this pro year? Like uh, when you went back down to the Everblades, like what was your spot? Were you playing same side, strong side flank? Like, or where were you playing? Yeah. Um, when I came back on the power play, I was on, uh, we ran kind of like an overload and I was on the half wall. But, Forehand or one T? Uh, one T. But it, it was it was weird because we'd run the overload on both sides. And the other side, um, the where lefty would be on his forehand, his one T side, that was our main side. Um, Blake, Blake Winicky was over there. And then Jake Jeremko was down low, John McCarron in front of the net, uh, Steph LeBlanc up top. And then I was on the right side and we ran majority of the offense off the other side until teams started scouting it. And then when we started running off my side, teams had no idea what was going on. And then we just started scoring. Yeah. They weren't ready for it. No, so you were running it on that other side. You were probably more of a shooter. And then when they started, when you started switching it up, you were more facilitating the play, setting it up. Yeah, exactly. Kind of just try to attack and get it low or find a seam. What would you say right now, like, is, is more your game? Like, would you call yourself like a goal scorer? Or would you like call yourself a playmaker? Obviously you can do both, but like, if you were like to describe your game, like as a goal scorer, as a playmaker, like, what do you like? Obviously everyone likes to score goals, but like, like, what are you like? What are you, you know? And man, that's a great question. Cause like, like, I don't, I definitely don't see myself as a goal scorer. I can score goals, but like, I'm like, I'm an engine guy. Like I just bring energy. I bring energy and I have skill to make plays and, I, and I have scoring touch to score goals. But at the end of the day, like my motor won't stop going I'm going to pressure pucks. I'm going to have good like details and then the other stuff will kind of take over. Um, so like, I'm not, I'm never going into a game saying like, all right, like I got to score tonight. It's more like I need to have a great jump and have a good stick and they're going to turn it over. And then I'm going to be going in on a two on one and it's time to score. Yeah. So, you're a, you're a line driver. You're a line driver. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you need one of those on every line, like someone that's going to bring that umph, you know? I love that shit. Got to go to the, the dirty areas to score. I score all types of goals. Tip-ins, like rebounds, clean shots, breakaways. I do you all know? that in practice. <laughs> yeah, in practice. Timmy, we're both gamers. But, like, the th but the thing is, I'll do that this year. But listen, but listen, the thing about Zach is this, uh, Timmy – he played uh, four playoff games last year in the coast. He had four points, played 19 this year, had 18 points. Like, this guy pressures a privilege. I actually have uh, – uh, it's like the quote that I put on my Instagram, but you're not on it, Z. You're not on the, the social media. But it's abracadabra. As I speak, I create. And I put two pictures of me and you, the one that I sent you in 2020 that we put put that we took and then in front of Hertz arena and then the one of us hugging and after the championship and it was such a like abracadabra moment because the things that we talked about um I, I watched you execute so it was just uh it was just unreal I wanted to say that I don't know if TK if you got anything I actually I saw that picture of you guys hugging on the blades blades ice sheet there on the instagram that seemed pretty special seemed like pretty genuine love and passion and you know like yeah it was pretty special to see we talked about we 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 literally spoke about these things and the details and everything and to watch it was really special and we did a meditation together that morning uh the day of the game because i was staying at zach's house 
And uh, just remember, you like, at his house, hey, eh? Kelly Cup playoffs. You were staying over. Oh yeah, we did a meditation, eight thirty a.m. And I just remember us talking, and like, I was already like, kind of proud, you know. But the job wasn't done, so I couldn't really <laughs> say much, you know. But hey, after awesome. the meditation, TK, after the meditation, we stand up. Blatch looks at me and goes, "Just, just score two goals tonight. See what happens." Just score tonight and see what happens. I'm like, can't make it up. Abracadabra. For <laughs> two goals, bro. I don't care about that. Like, I need to fucking hit someone my first shift. Many <laughs> berries too. I love that shit, dude. Uh, one other thing I wanted to bring up. So Etu Solani was at Curry this year, and I was like super tight with him at Curry. Great guy. I know you roomed with him uh, at Northeastern. Like, I actually hit him up like before I went on here. Like. Dude, uh, like, tell me a little bit of that, about that. Etu is such a character. Like, he told me a few things to ask you. Like, said, ask him about the music, like, he used to listen to. Like, he said, <laughs> some stuff. But, like, you, can you talk about that a little bit? And, like, rumor with Etu, like, he's such a beauty. Like, yeah. obviously, he's Timu's son. And, like, those Solanis are cut from a little bit of a different cloth. Like, beautiful cloth they're cut from, though, obviously. But, yeah, it's pure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no dude etu is the man um we'll get back to that music question the uh you know the song fireflies dude oh uh... <laughs> yeah by owl city dude that was a banger i i went on this fireflies binge for like a couple weeks and he was just like dude that song sucks like turns i love off. it i like the mac miller remix yeah <laughs> but uh etu absolute gem of a guy taught me so much about like hockey and like like recovering like when i got to college like etu was like stretching after practice and like i got a story about etu it was our first week at college and we have strength testing and the first test we do is there's six fan bikes and there's four groups to six and all the freshmen go last on the fan bikes it's a six minute sprint. You're hooked up to heart rate monitors and everybody's heart rate is displayed on the <laughs> flat screen TV next to the bikes. And all the freshmen are on, all the older guys have done it. They all did, like completed it, no problem. So we start to go, we're sprinting, all right? I'm going, I'm huffing and puffing, my head's down buried. I look over. And Etu is smiling, his chest is up, he's flowing with the bike. The older guys are screaming at me, Solo, let's go, get your heart rate up. You're not pedaling hard enough, come on. Etu is buzzing, laughing, talking. And I look over at the TV, like barely out one eye open, my tongue's out. I'm in the yellow, Etu is in the red, like 100% capacity, I'm at like 87 they're screaming at me, Solo, get it to 90, get it to 90. I'm like, Ugh, uh. <laughs> and Edu is literally laughing at us at 100%. He finishes it, walks off. He's like, I don't know, that wasn't even hard. Timu made us do it every day for like the last six months. Like, what? <laughs> you guys are messed up. Dude, oh, my God. Man, uh, I, I'd imagine he gave you some shit about that. Like, whenever you would, like, chirp him or wake up in the morning, he'd, like, can't cast a little shade about it. Like, just remind you. <laughs> Dude, Etu's like, <laughs> Etu would know that he's like the man. So like, he would just like, give you the look like, buddy, I know. Like, I'm not going to chirp you because I know. <laughs> and like, you're like, all right, still going to chirp you, call you ugly. <laughs> what a guy, dude. What a guy. Oh, yeah. Gem. Z, I, uh, I wanted you, uh, I don't know, man. I just wanted to tell you that I'm fucking proud of you. And I wanted to say that you've always been doubted and you're still doubted. So keep proving people wrong, man. I got nothing else to do besides that. Man on a mission. TK, you got something before you oh, wrap man. it up? Uh, Z, it was great catching up with you. Uh, let me know when you're going to come down to play in the SoFlo this summer so I can bolster my roster and make sure we're ready for it here. You know what I mean? We don't, dude. Actually, uh, right after you swept me last year, I swept Blatchy next week, and 
Blatchy called me out for a fight because he didn't like how it was going. There was some chirps going back and forth. And Blatch was like, you keep your cage on. Let's go. So I was like, all right, that's a free get out of jail card right there. (laughs) (laughs) TK comes to me after we're having, we're having, uh, we're having lunch after together, after the fight. He's like, man, when you said I can keep my cage on, I was like, I get to tell everybody I fought Blatchy and I get to keep my cage on. It's a no brainer. (laughs) double win-win i love i love the soflo 3v3 league man that's just brilliant on the small sheet like get your skills going like make plays in tight like man you guys got to figure it out i'm gonna make sure i'm flying down so we're playing so we're playing timmy kent's team so i can make sure we take care of business i want to put timmy in a bad mood for the day (laughs) dude i gotta gear up i'll be ready for it though i'm excited to have that goal again i've honestly been thinking about that out First time I've been swept in three years was that matchup right there, and it was not fun. I tell you what, tell you what, dude. But uh, yeah, great catching up with you though, Z. Glad uh, I could be on this pod and for this time, and you know, enjoy this chat. Definitely learned a lot. Took a lot from it. So, oh yeah, TK. And before we wrap it up, I just want to let everyone know this is our squad. We'll be doing pods together, us three. So you'll be hearing a lot more from Zach and Timmy. And I also want to say real quick that this episode is brought to you by Vodkite because we love Vodkite. Um, You know, I mean, Timmy's brother started Vodkite. Timmy's heavily involved. I mean, they've helped. What is Vodkite? What is Vodkite? Explain the drink to me. Timmy can explain uh, it better. Yeah, it's a uh, show it to you here. It's a 5%. It's got a shot and a half of vodka. It's basically vodka Gatorade. Um, it's non-carbonated. It's got more electrolytes than a Gatorade. Uh, it's low on sugar. I think it's like 100 grams of sugar. Or sorry, like two, three Wait, grams of sugar, 100 like 100 calories. Gee, oh, that no. would be, yeah, that would put you in the hospital. No, it's like two, three grams of sugar. It's like 100 calories. Uh, dude, great on the golf course. Goes down like water. Icy blue, it looks like water too. Icy blue, there's like, there's no color. Like it just looks like water. So you had it in your cup or something. I don't want to give anyone any ideas, but... <laughs> No that, but uh yeah dude we're in mostly massachusetts right now we're in like 100 liquor stores in mass we're in like 10 on-premise accounts being like bars and clubs and stuff like that we're in rhode island new hampshire uh gonna be in south carolina soon and we're in florida so we're in connecticut too but in a small faction but we're getting out there we're working slow because we're a lean company but uh we're going to be raising another round here, hopefully by the end of the year. And we're doing a lot with the SoFlo League, a lot of good content, hired a camera crew to cover it. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's going in the right direction. I think like anything, we just got to last the test of time, you know, like, like, you know, anything that's ever been, you know, like the SoFlo League, like this is our third year. So it'll be better than the last two. And the first year, you know, it wasn't much. So if you just, you know last you know if you just stick around and survive so i think you know not that we're not trying to thrive but you know i think we want to be a company in 10 years and if we're still in business in 10 years you know it'll be pretty big or in a good place at least so absolutely that drink sounds delicious yeah i'll have to send you some dude honestly send the addy up i'll send some for the fam maybe a couple soflo hats yeah that'd be be great kelly cup champ needs it dude send the addy send the addy yeah i will Gold blade. Gold blade. <laughs> Bonnie McCarran signed it for me. Gold blade. All right, boys. I'm ending the recording.
Только начни.